the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. The lines are wide open. We've got five of them. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The gentleman that's going to pick up your call is Gil. He's our engineer. I think he's been with me since I started here in 2011. And uh, between the two of us, I, I can tell when I'm way off base because I'll hear this in the background. Did you really say that? (laughs) And and then, or he'll say something like, oh, you're going to pay for that one. You want to know? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Mark. 602-508-0960. You want to hear the best one? This is the one that got me in the most trouble. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. (laughs) And and so I, I get a lot of calls about YouTube and people on the internet. You know, I got on the internet and they said do this and that. And that just... That just wads up my panties something fierce. <laughs> so I said to the person, I said, look it, you are you are talking to a stranger, and he is telling you how to fix your car, and you're spending your money on his guess. Your chances of success are slim mm-hmm. and none. It It's something that I've done since 1988 all by myself, and, and my I'm only as good as what you tell me. And I have a background in cars like you do. So it's, it's – but I said – and I said, you don't know if the person you're talking to is a convict. You don't know how old they are. You don't know if they have grease in their fingernails. You don't know nothing. That person could be a doctor or a lawyer or a, a stockbroker or a gynecologist. And Renee looked at me, and she just kind of gave me the look like, you're an idiot. <laughs> so a little later on, um, something happened, and I mentioned the G word again. And she looked at me, and she says, stop. She says, just stop it. This is on live radio. She says, there is no relationship between, you know, you've got to stop using gynecologist. And I said, well, there's a relationship between the two of us. And she says, no, there isn't. And I said, yes, we both work under the hood. (laughs) 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 And that didn't go over really well. But, you know, who couldn't laugh at that? And and I, I hadn't planned that. But it just kind of hit me, and that's why I get in trouble, is because sometimes <laughs> there's a direct, the, the hard drive speaks in the mouth that has no RAM. <laughs> there's, no, there's no place, let's put this over here. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, like I said, Gil would be the one that says hello to you, and we'll get you in just as soon as we can. But let me tell you about Kelly Clark Auto. I'm really proud because we've got guys that have been in business a long time on my best car repair sh- shop list. Kelly has been been in Phoenix since 1954. 
And this is at 12th Street and Glendale, centrally located. He has ASE certified technicians that do mechanical services that cover virtually every inch of your car, your truck, your van, or your SUV. They're professional at Kelly Clark Automotive Specialist, honest, reliable, fairly priced. They're open Monday through Saturday. 12th Street in Glendale, centrally located. So if you live or work in central Phoenix, Kelly Clark Automotive Specialists can help you out. Now, have you ever met Kelly Clark? No. He's a man that's like very big and very tall. His hands are like tennis rackets. Uh. He, but he's the nicest guy in the world. His wife, Rita, they invited us to, to their houseboat. This was 20 years ago. So Renee and I go, and Rita says to both of us, um, we have a rule here in the houseboat that men always sit down to go to the bathroom because the boat rocks and it creates a problem. But women, we don't have the problem. So I said, I, I, I understand, but it really meant nothing to me. <laughs> so the next morning, I get up because I hear somebody in the kitchen, and it's Rita. She's making coffee. Kelly's still asleep. Renee's still asleep. So I get this brilliant idea where I go into the bathroom that's right next to the kitchen. And we're still buoyed up. We're still not moving yet. And I get this big glass, and I fill it up with water, and I lift it up real high, and I pour it into the toilet from about three (laughs) feet up. And she comes through the door like a fire truck. (laughs) Mark Salem, I talk. And she stops. (laughs) So everybody had bacon and eggs, but I had like burnt leather. (laughs) I don't think she ever forgave me for that, but it was one of the best. You know, she just had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so she looked at the toilet seat, and I hadn't splashed but one little thing. And so I said, I got that. I got that. I got that. And so um, I didn't do that again, but I did. They're just really nice people. Just really, really nice people. And Kelly's been around a long time, and he's been through the gamut when we were younger. Fast boats, hot rod cars, all that kind of stuff. All that money spent. <laughs> all that money spent. But yep. you know what? We we could teach a lot of these young guys a whole lot about mm-hmm. fundamentals about cars. Because once you understand the fundamentals of fuel, spark, and compression, it's kind of hard to, fig- to for us not to figure this out. So that's kind of what it's all about. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Hey, Gil, are you still there? Okay. I could hear you snoring, so I was wondering if you were just kind of sleeping in the lines. <laughs> Sorry were, about that, Mark. All right. No, it's okay. It's okay. So we did look, and I think you had either your son or your son-in-law look for the Civic Light, mm-hmm. the No, mm-hmm. right. and nobody can find nobody it. Nobody can find anything about it. Okay. So yeah. I think... I think one. Bob's right. I think it's part of a word, or it's part of a message, but I can't think what No would be part of, an N-O. But it could also be an NQ. It could also be a whole lot of other things. It could be the ha- back half of an M. So yeah. I don't know. I can guarantee you Monday I'm going to be pulling up a dash and seeing what's in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. got my curiosity up now. Absolutely. I was working on a Wrangler, a 2016 Wrangler the other day, and I had to look up elect- the signal for electronic control throttle, mm. electronic yeah, yeah. throttle, because I'd never seen that before. So actually I called Alan, my son, and I said, hey, what? I took a picture of this, you know, Tell me what it is. And he goes, oh, that's electronic control. Oh, okay, fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was asking for yeah, someone else. <laughs> I guarantee you, there's not a, an hour goes by that I don't call Jeremy over and say, what in the world is this? And, and that, there's some, this new stuff is, is mind-boggling. 
But the young guys actually have that over us. Yeah. They get the the icons and the symbols and all that kind of stuff. So that's not something we grew up with. That 79 Lincoln didn't have any icons. Yeah. You know, It had a temp gauge and it had an oil, oil pressure well, switch. I can guarantee you that 79 Lincoln, you don't grab a lab scope and lay it up there and say, okay, let's start talking. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, you can leave all the scanners you want in the drawers yeah. because that ain't going to happen. Anybody, Gil? 602-508-0960. We're here to help you with your car problem. All you have to do is kind of give us the year making model, the miles, and then some of the symptoms. Have you had any cars lately that you smiled about, that uh, you, you said to yourself, the young whippersnapper pulled off a good one? Uh, oh, that happens on a daily basis, I, yeah. I can guarantee you. But uh, the, we had one uh, the other day uh, that came in, uh, engine making noise, and and it was a Dodge with a Hemi engine in it. And uh, uh, it was a case of trying to figure out, you know, why this took place. And we finally found out that it was lack of oil changes that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it ended up costing us an engine. But those Hemis were real notorious problems with valves, valve seats uh, coming bad, going bad on them. Um, but uh, it made us a firm believer of regular oil changes on that it's it's always been that way it's always been that way i think folks don't understand three kinds of oil conventional it's got a three to five thousand mile interval it's pretty strict it doesn't really work well after five then you got semi-synthetic or blended blend and those go from five to seventy five hundred then you got them synthetics that go from seventy five to ten or twelve depending on which oil you're selling so all of them have different intervals. They all have different qualities. They all go a different length. But you can't put a semi. I have a lot of people who put semi or synthetic in their car, but they change it at three or four or five thousand miles because their car's going to love them more. <laughs> That's the only conclusion you can draw. Is yeah. you, I put. I got a lot of customers that are in the ten to twelve thousand year range. I just bring them in once a year. Just bring them in in April before the summer, so we can make sure that you'll go through the summer. Yeah. We use kind of a drivability, uh, not drivability, but driving conditions. Uh, we go with the regular, we use the blend. Uh-huh. Uh, if the person is driving very few miles, that way we can get them in, find out what's going on with the tires and the air the rest of it. If they're putting a lot of miles on it in a real quick hurry, go to the full synthetic and give them some miles, time and, on it. And you're right. That one that uh, I was talking about, the, the guy that might do ten or 12,000 miles a year, you can put him in synthetic once a year or you can put him in a blend for twice a year. Yeah. And if we're going to do twice a year, my suggestion is April and November because the beginning of the summer, the beginning mm-hmm. of the winter. So we've got, we've got the two, I mean, really, the summer's the worst. But yeah. uh, if you just six months apart them, then they're going to be at, at good. We have fleet accounts that do the full, full synthetic. synthetic because they don't have time to keep coming in, and they put a lot of miles on. And as long as they keep track of what's going on, yeah, then great. so, yeah. All right, real quick, the Ford Diesel House, how many quarts? Uh, well, 10 to 15. I just read on. this the other day. That's the reason why. I, it's 15. And the Dodge has? 10. 12. Or 12. And the Duramax is 10. But I read that the other day, and it kind of surprised me. It just kind of surprised me. Do you know why Ford has so many? Hmm. It's because they figured out real quick that they were wearing the oil out. And so they added a, a bigger oil pan because that 6-liter was such a big old piece of junk and we had we had the piece of junk i'm being nice so bob good morning to you bob thank you for holding how can i help you wait do you guys see many problems with gasoline direct injection engines with coked up intake valves oh yeah and would you advise someone not to buy a gasoline direct injection engine because the problems you see 
Well, let's talk about it real quick. The gasoline injection engine injects the gasoline into the cylinder as opposed to behind the valve. Right. So when we spray the back of the valve with gasoline, we used to clean off the oil and everything was fine. The back of the valve wouldn't get dirty. Now that we've moved the injector into the cylinder like the spark plug, now we're not washing the back of that valve off. So now we've got this big black crap that's building on the back side of the valve that's causing all kinds of problems where before we cleaned that. Now there's lots of companies that have come out with chemicals that are very lucrative that we can we can clean up the back of your intake valves, but it's very lucrative and it's an expensive process. Right. And it costs money and we like to sell that. Because mm-hmm. um, we make good money on those, and but the equipment up front is quite expensive. So, what do you think? Well, are you going to tell anybody to buy direct inj- injection? I would. I wouldn't advise it. I don't think. But on the same sense, uh, uh, they do have a lot of advantages. They, boy, the power is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, drivability is really nice. But uh, yeah, there's more upkeep on them. I think the problem is a twofold problem. We need to talk to the people that are making the gas, and we need to talk to the people that are making the oil. And we have to figure out how we're going to keep, keep, the, keep the back of that valve clean. Yeah, clean. And so maybe we change the, change the oil composition to where we don't turn and oxidize it and turn it into this black tar that just grows and grows and grows. Keep in mind that a, a conventional oil with um, a conventional oil turns to an oxidized, otherwise a solid, at 325. A semi-synthetic is about 400, and you've seen the Mobile One commercials there at 500 on the synthetic. Right. So I'm wondering if we put a synthetic in the direct ignition, are we exceeding that 500 mile or 500 degree temperature at the back side of the valve? If we're not, then synthetic would be the answer. Be the answer. But if we are, then there's nothing is the answer. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, we're having to jackhammer those back of the intakes <laughs> apart a lot. So I'm not not suggesting it. But I'm thinking this is going to be a problem we're going to overcome, I'm hoping, this year, because it's already been a problem for a year or two already. So I'm thinking that sooner or later they'll we're going to figure it out. Yeah. They'll get it figured out. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Bob, thank you for that question. Direct ignition, yes or no? I think I'm going to have a conversation with my customer, but I'll let them make the decision. So I think the people that – the question to you is, on the other side of the break – is the people that drive them 5,000 miles a year more likely to suffer from the direct injection problem or the people that drive 15,000 miles a year? Is this a mileage or is this a time? We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. 602-508-0960. There's five lines available. You're welcome to join us. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Greg May, the proud owner of Phoenix Body Works. I started in 1982 and still love fixing mangled vehicles. I'm proud that for 32 years, my staff has been able to provide the finest collision repair service in the valley. Industry standards tell us how to fix your car, and we don't fudge that. Leave your worry and stress to us. It's what we do. When you have an accident, remember, the law states that you have the right to choose your collision repair shop. All our estimators and technicians are our car certified. We have all the necessary state-of-the-art equipment to fix your vehicle right. We welcome you to visit Phoenix Body Works anytime, even if you just need a bottle of water, a cup of coffee, a snack, or to use our Wi-Fi. Phoenix Body Works offers free shuttle service, or if you need a rental car, don't sweat it. Enterprise is right next door. At phxbodyworks.com, I will explain the entire collision repair process to you in two minutes. My name is Greg May, and I wrote this message. 
Earnings vary based on your effort. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's Workshop, call 1-800-300-7144. Seating is extremely limited. Call in the next 10 minutes, and you'll also reserve a free copy of Than's Money for Deals Guide. That's 1-800-300-7144. That's 1-800-300-7144. It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribusunum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. The mechanic raised up from under my hood and he shook his head and said, this ain't good. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. Sitting next to me is Bob and Ellen from Harker's Auto Repair, 38th Avenue Indian School. I said, if you've listened to the show at all, I've told you before that he's one of the, Bob is one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life. Um, his wife has taught him everything she knows, <laughs> and, uh, and that's a big difference. Uh, speaking of somebody who's had a wife teach him, Kurtz Automotive is the same way. I-17 in Bell, northeast corner, been around since 1987. His wife, when you're a first-time customer, will actually deliver homemade baked goods to you after you use them and thank you for patronizing wow. them. And is that something from the old oh. days? Oh. Yes. oh. So at Kurtz Automotive, they're an independent family-owned operation, been around, like I said, since 1987. They do domestic import, both gas and diesel. They have two young whippersnappers, Eric and Jeff, that are as good as them young guys can be, the millenniums. <laughs> so anyway, ASE certified technicians, great guy, Kurtz is not a taskmaster, but he understands the three of them make an unbeatable team. And they do. Kurtz Automotive, I-17 and Bell. Let's go to the phone. Steve, you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, Mark. If I'm driving a lot between Phoenix and Tucson on the weekends, is there a best mile per hour for my car? Like, am I hurting it at going 85 or, like... Is there a sweet spot? You're asking me Not if I'm going to give wife. you permission. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that comment? Yeah. <laughs> Not according to my wife, someone in the studio said. 
I think the speed limit between Tucson and Phoenix is 75. Or whatever so you can I'm not, with. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can do whatever you want. I'm not going to suggest that you... Now, I've been told by other cowboys that are friends of mine that you just hop on the tail about a half a mile behind somebody who's blowing down the highway. And right. hopefully they'll get them before they get you. Right. The idea is, is the less RPM, the better the fuel economy. The motor doesn't care. It's like a horse. It doesn't care if it's trotting along at 5 miles an hour or running out at 10 miles an hour. It just doesn't like to run like you're running from a pack of Indians at 20 or miles an hour. So you just don't want to run your horse into a lather. But by the same token, I'm thinking an RPM. I'll tell you what on my truck. I'm usually on 75. I'm usually at 76, 77, 78. Got the cruise control set, trying to maintain speed, trying to get the best fuel economy I can because diesel's 265 this morning. Yeah. So that the answer to your question is, is you can roll whatever speed you want, but the lower the RPMs, the better the fuel economy. And the guy that stops you with a smoky bear hat really doesn't care what excuse <laughs> you're right, going right. to give him. But, but, but am I hurting the car if, like, you know, sometimes you get up to 80, 85? Is that? No, because your speed limiter is going to kick in in most cars at 93. So the computer is going to take care of you. It's not going to let you be stupid. So the computer's not going to let you over-rev it, and it's not going to let you overrun it. And obviously, if it sees the car starting to overheat, it's probably going to trim back some timing, maybe, maybe some fuel. It's going to trim back your foot and, st- and, and not let you hurt your motor. Agree? Agree. Okay. Thank you. All righty. You bet, Steve. That was a good question. Glenn, you're up next. How can I help you? Hello, me? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I have a question from the olden days. I'm wondering if it was ever true and if it's true today about when you turn off your car, you should turn off the air conditioner first. Okay. Have you Rob? ever heard that? Oh, heck yes. Well, we hear it all the time, but uh, I, I would see no reason to do that because as soon as you turn your ignition off, uh, it's turning off the air conditioning anyway. Um, but, uh, no, I don't see any reason to do that. Let me it, change it your question. Let me change your question, Glenn. Mark, you and Bob are old-time guys. You've been around the block. Do you guys shut off your air conditioning before you shut off the engine or do you make your wives well first of all we don't make our wives do anything <laughs> but but do you ask your wives to turn off the air, air conditioning before you turn on the engine or do you do you patronize that idea and the answer is hell no because like bob says as soon as you turn the key off we disconnect the air conditioning and what happens to the air conditioning compressor whether you shut it off first or whether you turn the key off is exactly the same thing Exactly. So well, that, that's what I thought. I just I always wondered if there, there was anything to it. Well, there there never has been, in my no, opinion. I never okay. understood where that came along. Yeah. But well, let but me I've ask you a question, uh, kind of a self-preservation question. Is this a bet between you and your wife? Because I'm about <laughs> to change my mind. <laughs> No, it's just all my free time. I wonder these things. Nope, nope. Now, it's never, in, in our opinion, I'll speak for you too, it's never been true. It's an old wives' tale that just has manifested itself into many generations, and today we still hear the same thing. I'll be darned. Well, thank you. All right, Glenn, thank you very much. Al, you're up next. How can we help you? Hi there. Hi. I want to thank you for your counsel. I'm an old fossil, and you've uh, changed my theories on oil and tires and batteries and what have you. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you. And uh, I have an electronics background. Okay. And, um, wait a I minute. Call, wait a I, minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> are you an engineer? Yes. Do you know what engineers really are? 
I understand. No, nope, no, no. I'm talking to Bob. <laughs> they, they actually drive that train and they go woo woo. <laughs> I'm teasing you. You know I'm teasing you. Yes, I do. Uh, and, 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 I, and I agree with you. I've uh, worked with a number of them. And they're never wrong. (laughs) Well, they're kind of like Bob's wife and my wife, but we're not going to get into that. But we're we're, we're willing to help you anyway. Okay. Well, I was calling, oddly enough, uh, on the previous caller's subject. Okay. Which is turning the appliances off prior to turning off the engine. Okay. It's not that all the stuff turns off. It's when you turn the engine on and start it that there's an electrical shock to each of those components and over time that shock factor takes its toll on those components and I didn't call to get into an argument with no, you just no. challenge one of your philosophies no no um and I'll I'll speak and then you're next there's a difference here cuz he was talking about shutting the engine off or turning the air off before he turns the engine off understood that's different than what you've placed on the table now, I think, but I'm not sure, I think in the start mode, ever since probably electronic ignition, I think in the start mode, we're not activating anything. That's right? true. That's true. Yeah. It's when you drop it back after it's started, drop the key back to the run position after it's started. Yeah. There's still that shock factor to all the components that are sitting there in the on position. It, it, you're right. I see what your point is, but but let me let me preface this now. Let's pretend we got the headlights. We got let's that's a bad example. Wipers, hazards, air conditioning. Let's pretend that we got those three running. So when we go to the start mode, I think we can agree that we're not going to be having that stuff on. But when we let go, what he's saying is is all three of them are going to hit. Right. Okay. I think the cumulative total might bear witness to your side. I think. I think all three of them is going to be a shock to the electrical system. Right. But Don't forget the radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a minor amp. That might be one or two yeah. amps there. But also, <clears throat> those systems all go through relays, and so you're not hitting it uh, with that full amperage. Uh, you're hitting it uh, as the relay shuts, and then uh, your voltage going to it. I don't think you're going to see that much of a surge. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, you bring up a great point. This is a good discussion. It, here's here's the second part of the question because this is how I think. What problems do we see today that we can directly relate to the issue of starting your car with everything on? And I don't think I've seen battery life be anything to do that. Uh, I would I wouldn't worry so much about the battery life as I would the wear and tear on the individual components. Okay, but but. But but in defense of, of the other side of the issue, what difference does it make if nothing is on, radio, air conditioning, wipers, that all isn't on, you start the car up and then you reach over, flip the radio on, flip the wipers on, flip the air conditioning on, isn't that the same as? Uh, well, I, I guess it could be. It's just the fact that uh, in, the, in, your, in your application, everything's on at once and it... Uh, it really hits the whole system heavy. Oh, okay, and, and I, I see. I agree with you that there's a difference if the minute we let go of the start button, that four people have got the down windows button on. Then we got air conditioning and wiper, and we're loading the heck out of the system. I agree with you, right? I agree. All right, and we agree mm-hmm. that the instantaneous of application on a variety of electrical systems is going to create a shock that. 
probably the car's not designed for because the car's not designed for four windows going down at the same time, the air conditioning, all that kind of electrical load happening at the same time. So, yes, uh, I would agree with you in an exaggerated way. I would agree with you to... But, again, I, the flip side of the coin is is I don't know that we've ever had to spend money fixing that. Yeah, I can't say as I've seen a, uh, an issue where those components failed prematurely one way or the other. Yeah, and, of course, prematurely is a kind of a, uh, you yeah. know, you don't really know where to go. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to take care of Jared and Don. We'll be right back. Hey, Mark Salem here. In 1961, Tony Guido's dad opened up a gas station on 44th Street. He towed cars for AAA and started an auto repair business that is now located at 56th and Thomas. It is still operated by the Guido family. The relationship with AAA continues today. Tony is a AAA-approved shop and has many times been given the AAA Top Shop Award. Tony's Auto is also a member of the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating, and he was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Awards from two. 2008, Miles nine, Label and Company, ten. Inc. would like to remind everyone listening, the only thing more dangerous than taking your eyes off the road to text while driving is believing you're in control while doing so. Please don't text and drive. Brought to you by Miles Label Company in Tucson. For more information, visit online at mileslabel.com. That's mileslabel.com. Miles Label Company, reminding everyone smarter drivers do save lives. Caroline Torres and the Torres Real Estate Group of Keller Williams Realty reminds everyone, make sure you and your family have a safe and sober way home. And please, don't drink and drive. Brought to you by Caroline Torres and the Torres Real Estate Group of Keller Williams Realty. In Tempe, for all your real estate needs, visit them online at thetorresrealestategroup.com. That's thetorresrealestategroup.com. And like them on Facebook. That's Caroline Torres of the Torres Real Estate Group of Keller Williams Realty. Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking, understanding? Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have, have you, you ever, ever had, had sudden, sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or, or understanding, understanding someone? someone? It could be one of the five signs of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. It's late until, wait, don't too. Don't, don't wait, wait until, until it's, it's too, too late. late. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile. Now, when it comes to transmissions, there's a guy in town here that's an old-timer, Phil. Phil actually worked on transmissions in dinosaurs before he started working on cars. Phil's at 40th Street in Washington. He's been around since 1968. He's been in the same location since 1968. And they do a great job. Now, the thing on a transmission shop is is practice making it happen and stop by Phil's, but call him first. And not Monday mornings or Friday afternoons for obvious reasons, but he'll or one of his staff guys will probably take a ride with you. Now, you're not going to take one of their guys for two hours. You're going to take one of their guys for 15 or 20 minutes, but that's free. It at least lets them see you make it happen. 
and then they can, it's, we're, we're a lot better off to fix it. But Phil's been around a long time, so if you ever go by 40th Street in Washington on the north side of the road, if you travel down on a regular basis, you know what I already know, and that's Phil's been there a long time, and experience means a lot when it comes to transmissions. Let's go back to the phones, and let's, let me see who I've got. Jared, thank you very much, Jared, for holding. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Oh, great. Okay, I have a 1988 Porsche 924S. The S uh, shares the same 2.5-liter um, engine, a Porsche engine with the 944. Um, it was not charging the battery, and so I put a voltmeter on it like I always do, and, you know, when that's not happening, and um, it showed that uh, it wasn't charging, and it was I thought it was the alternator. I replaced the alternator. Turns out it still won't charge. A neighbor came by to help me, and he uh, did a little testing, and he said it was what he calls the energizer wire. And it was, uh, I looked at a schematic, and it looks like it goes to the alarm. So I, I bypassed that wire and went from the back of the alternator directly to the battery, and it actually started charging. However, it's making this ticking sound, uh, tick, 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 and so I didn't want it to tear up anything or destroy anything else so i disconnected my wire and i'm kind of back to where i started so i just wanted to know if you had any ideas as to what it could be or what i should do or how to troubleshoot it oh i also checked the fuses the fuse box and there's no fuses that are blown that i can find we're a little confused about the alternator being energized by the alarm um we're 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 Uh, more than confused by that um, okay, this... there's a wire. It's a, it's a blue wire, and it runs from, uh, there's two, you know, I'm, not, I'm not telling you anything new, there's okay. two uh, wires on the back of an alternator, right. and uh, one of those wires, uh, it runs to my alarm system, and I think the alarm, uh, I don't know what it does, it controls a lot of stuff, I guess. Okay, but, all right, uh, well, wait, wait, we, can't, we can't talk about specific wires, because we don't have a wiring diagram in front of us. Um, but but if 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 you've got something off the alternator that's running to an alarm system, we're kind of concerned about that. We obviously okay. have to identify the, what's clicking. Is it a relay that's clicking? Um, is it a blend door that's clicking? Is the alternator uh, clicking on and off? Sorry. Is the air conditioning compressor clicking on or off? I mean, can you tell where the clickings come from? No, I'm not sure. So, okay. So I should diagnose the clicking. Well, um... It, let me ask you a question. Since you've made this wiring change, has it's been charging, so it's not been dead, and it's sat for longer than 24 hours, and it still starts, so there's not an everlasting short or draw. Is that correct? I, I, I disconnected it, like, minutes later because I couldn't stop the clicking. Okay. All right. Well, th- that's that's just not the way we do it. Um, we okay. would... We we need one volt over battery voltage, so we take a, a, a sneak peek at the battery, and let's say it's 12.4, and we need to see 13.4, 13.8. So that's what we're looking for first. You have to know those numbers. And we, we need we need a, a volt to a volt and a half over what we call static battery voltage, which is, means your key's in your pocket. And then from sure, there, okay, from there, we're going to look at the diode pattern on the alternator. And we're going to determine if the diodes look good because the three diodes have to, they handle one-third of all the amperage. And if you've got one popped, you have two things. You have a third less amperage, and number two, you have a short, more than likely a, a draw. The second thing is, is we'd have to look at a 
to find out where it's energized. Do you have any idea on a Porsche where it's yeah, energized? Sure Let's talk about general cars. Where are they energized? Where are we l turning on the alternator? Ignition. Ignition, somewhere along in the ignition. Mm -hmm. So when we turn okay. the key on, we're going to energize the alternator. It then takes a snapshot of the battery voltage and determines whether I need to light up or not light up based on the voltage it sees. Um, your your alternator is not going to be really any different than any of the American or domestic cars we work with because we've had alternators with one big wire that runs to the back of the output, and then we have two other wires. One of them runs through a light, and one of them runs usually through an ignition feed. Mm -hmm. So... Um, those are those are the kinds. There's a couple of guys in town here that are really good Porsche people. Um, do you, don't you have one over by you, or is he on Central? I don't know who they are, and I I can't tell you that you're going to be perfectly happy, but I do know that there's a lot of us gray-haired guys. That all we need is a wiring schematic, and um, it down. And, okay. and and just and just find out where everything is going and and what we're missing. But the clicking noise, I think. I think to chase the clicking noise is chasing your tail. Let's get it fixed first, and then if the clicking goes away, we're home free. But I think chasing the clicking is just something you gave yourself. It's something that you have now right. since since you've done the work. I say we back up because a lot of times the question is, is why is it doing this? And the answer is, is I'll tell you once I fix it. <laughs> but I can't answer right. why it's doing that till I tell you when I'm going to fix it. So what part of town do you live in? I live in Avondale. Okay. I don't have any electrical wizards in Avondale. So um, uh, uh, give me an estimate oh. on it. Look-see, Bob. You're probably well, looking at a $100 range. Well, if you went to 38th Avenue Indian School, Bob says you're probably looking at a hundred dollar range, and that's that's give or take twenty five bucks to to go in there and, and do the analyzation, do the electrical systems analysis and stuff like that. What you want to, to come back with is no clicking. You want it to charge. You want it to shut off when you shut the key off, and you don't want to have a draw. That's what you're hoping for, and that's the easy part. Anyway, thank you very much, Jared. Don, you stay right there because I'm going to get you on the other side of the break. But I got to do that first. We'll be right back. Earnings vary based on your effort. Message and data rates may apply. Do you want to learn how to make money flipping houses right here in Phoenix? If so, we have an amazing opportunity for you. We're looking for a small group of motivated individuals to join our real estate investing team. You'll learn our simple three-step system for flipping homes right here in the local area. This is Than Merrill, star of A&E's hit TV show, Flip This House. My team and I are looking for a handful of people in the Phoenix area who want to learn how to make money flipping houses in your spare time using other people's money. Phoenix is a perfect market for my system, and next week... Week, I'm holding a free two-hour educational workshop where you will learn how to make money flipping homes and how to build long-term wealth with income properties. To get two free tickets to Than's workshop, text READY to 82000. Seating is extremely limited. Text in the next 10 minutes and you'll also receive a free copy of Than's Money for Deals guide. Text READY to 82000. That's READY to 82000. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. This Sunday is Easter, a great celebration day for Christians. The church bears a mandate to proclaim the truth that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrected Lord gave the church a sacred commission to take the gospel, the message of Christ's victory over sin and death, throughout the world. So, as the church gathers to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Christians look back in thankfulness to that empty tomb and forward to the fulfillment of Christ's purposes in us. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the promise of our resurrection from the dead and of Christ's total victory over sin and death. 
The resurrection of Jesus Christ is at the very center of the Christian gospel. The empty tomb is full of power. Happy Easter to all. May the joy of the resurrection be yours. I'm Albert Mullen. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Preparing leaders for America and the world. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed at thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. DFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Salem, Bob, and Ellen from Harker's Automotive, 38th Avenue Indian School. And like I said before, Bob's one of the best diagnosticians, and I oftentimes send people to your shop from anything west of, like, 7th Street. Anything west of 7th Street from Avondale all the way to north, you guys get it. And what's the best part is, is you don't let me down. <laughs> and, and I get you lots of attaboys. <laughs> and you're right. You're right. I sent you that Chrysler where that gentleman had a bus problem, and you found and fixed that. Yeah. Th- that's, that's the impressive part. It's this, The story starts off with, um, I've had it to every shop in town and nobody can fix it. And then trying to get symptoms out of them sometimes is tough. They want to tell you about all the past repairs. And I say to them, I don't care about the past repairs that obviously were unsuccessful because <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about this. But you guys handle it perfectly. And I'm real proud of you for thanks, doing that. Thanks to our son-in-law who does a very, very good job. <laughs> I know. And, but, him, and Bob also. And he taught the son-in-law. Yeah, and he yeah, taught the son-in-law. Yeah. So when you're working, what's the name of that uh, that karate movie? What did they, what did they call the older guy? They called the young guy um, something. And then the old guy was something. And we use those terms, but I can't think of them right now. Let's go to Don. Don, good morning. How can we help you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I have a uh, cruise control problem. Okay. And it's basically that the set button doesn't work. Okay. And I'm kind of wondering, is it a big deal, not a big deal? Uh, It worked intermittently for about three months. Okay. uh, And then just quit working. Tell us what kind of car you got. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 2011 Silverado, uh, 5.3, four-wheel drive. Uh, okay. What do you think? How many miles are on it? 125. I think it's the, the, the power button comes on. You know when you hit the, you know the cruise the main yeah. cruise power button, it lights up, but okay. the set button just doesn't set the speed. Okay. Brake light switch is on. Um, I mean, something as silly as the brake lights are hanging on, but you didn't say anything about the battery's dead every morning, so I, oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, no. Paying atten- <laughs> I'm paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to that. No, runs uh, fine. Uh, the turn signal, you, your button's on the turn signal, right? No, it's on the, it's on the steering wheel. It's okay. A little toggle switch. All right. On the bottom toggle switch is the set. The top 
Got in the it. middle is the on button, and the top toggle switch is the uh, resume. Okay. I think on that 2011, we're not going to have scanner data where we can see set cruise control, or do you think we do? I don't think so on that one. On the newer ones, we would have, where we could actually plug a scanner in to see if the signal's being sent, because that's oh. kind of the first question, don't you think? It's the it's is is it this is it now have your have your have anything else in your steering wheel been intermittent with respect to the horn, no. or anything at all from the turn signals or the hazard switch on top? Is there any intermittent problems in the steering column other than the fact that the set button doesn't work? No, the only the only other thing that I didn't notice, and I've only noticed it once, and it could be my hearing because I'm older and don't wear my hearing aids. Okay, is that uh. I thought I heard when I, when I was trying to just, let's see if this works, and I would hit the set button. I thought I heard a, heard a click in the radio. Okay. But I couldn't, I, you know, wouldn't the, bet on that. It's just, no, that's the only problem that I'm having. It's just not setting the screw, setting the speed. We don't want to hear any click in the radio, because if you <laughs> run across that, then that, that kind of helps us out. That kind of helps us out. You got any, uh, have you fixed that in 100 years? No, I haven't. Um, okay. I know there's a system of, of testing it. We mm-hmm. need to find out where we're losing our signal. And, and like you were saying, you know, you've got a switch that deactivates it. And if that's malfunctioning, and I know those had big problems with the brake switch. And that that part of that switch is a separate from the brake lights, too. So okay. it's very possible that it's there. But that's the way we would go about it, is find out where we've got our signal and where we're losing it. Okay. Hey, Don, try this. This is crazy, but just try this. Mm-hmm. Go down the road by yourself. I don't want your wife sitting next to you screaming because you're going too fast. And I want you to take your left foot and hook up behind the brake pedal and pull the pedal towards you. Okay, and then see if the set button works. <laughs> because really, if, really? It, yeah, really, I'm I'm not kidding you. You're yeah. shaking your head. Yeah, if it's adjusted too tight or, or the switch is out of adjustment, uh, yeah. it could be. That's what turns your cruise control off is it touching the brake pedal. Got it. And okay. if that's malfunctioning, it certainly can do that. And so by hooking it, I'm hoping that you push the plunger in a little bit further, or you you somehow turn off the brake lights a little bit better. And and I want to tell you something if you came to one of us and you said the set button doesn't work until i reach down and hook the brake pedal and pull it towards me you saved yourself 75 bucks on the minimum because you've just helped eliminate 50 percent or more of our testing yeah. okay. so something as simple and stupid as that is is very helpful okay so otherwise it's just a diagnostic deal yeah 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 it, shop, you're going to have it. a transducer and we're going to be measuring the signal from the on the set switch to the transducer, right? Yeah, right. And 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 that's it. We're going to have to. And then if that's if that's there, then we have to start checking all the other circuits on the cruise control transducer to find out which one of it's stopping. Or maybe you hit set, and we're supposed to energize this circuit, and we're not. So then we have to go find out why that circuit's not being energized. So does, the ba- does the button ever just go bad? They got to pull the whole steering wheel off, or wherever they have to do. It's possible, but I haven't seen much uh, switch problems on those. Oh, okay. And and really and truly, we can pull the horn pad off of that, and probably disconnect the harness, maybe even under underneath the dash on the bottom part of the steering column, and see if the continuity on that switch is good. Yeah. So I mean, it, to test the switch is going to be a little bit of work, but that would probably be the first place you'd look. Okay. Thank you. All right. You betcha. You betcha. 
602-508-0960. We've got probably one or two more callers in, but before we do that, let me tell you another really great shop. The only shop in Mesa that's been able to pass the muster, the only shop in Mesa that really filled up all the things I need a shop to be is Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Now, this is the third generation of a family. They started with Cecil. They started with John at Country Club University, Cecil at Gilbert. They ended up at Gilbert and, and Apache. But now we've got the third generation, which is Brian and Thelma. And they've been providing expert auto repair and light truck and maintenance service to the customers in the Mesa area since 1970. They have ASE certified technicians. They provide the highest level of automotive service, and they're really good at diagnosis, bidding, repair, and verification, because that's the four you better make sure you're doing. It's never been easier or more convenient to keep your vehicle in top-notch shape unless you use Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. It's on Main Street just east of Stapley. Main Street just east of Stapley. Rick, good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful this morning. You know, several times I think I've heard you mention a place uh, up by 40th Street and Greenway called Blackwell. Yeah, it's Greenway. You're thank you for that. Thank you for that. You bet. And I want to tell you, I have had nothing but great experiences with that shop, and they should have a big star on your list next to their name because they have taken care of me for several years. I owned a motorized stagecoach. Okay. And I took it to them after taking it to several mechanics around town, and he was the only one who didn't say, don't ever bring this back. Well, that's probably because he clipped you for $5,000. Well, you know, I I helped him build his new place there at Greenway and uh, 40th Street because I had several... uh, uh, commercial vehicles uh, that he took care of, including the limo. Yep. But uh, he's been my mechanic for over 30 years. And let me tell you, I'm nothing that pleased with the work I get done there. Okay. And so and, I, I know you you check out your people very well. Yeah. Well, Tom and I have been friends since when he built that building because we built ours in 94. He was shortly after Renee and I. Yeah. And, it, and as a matter of fact, if you look at his gray brick with the red adobe highlights, that's exactly what our shop looks like because he said, I like yours. Can I borrow some plans? And I said, sure. So he has bays that load on both sides and then in the back, and so do I. So our buildings are very similar. We're cut from the same cloth. We yeah, both I mean, make the same stupid mistakes. We both have well, wives who hate us 50% of the time. Um, if you go in there and challenge Tom Blackwell and you say, nobody in town's been able to do this, that's like waving a, a flag in front of a bull. Um, exactly. I think the guy sitting next to me, Bob, has the same problem. <laughs> If you start with nobody can fix this, nobody can fix this, then usually the uh, let the, me at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yesterday when I when I stopped by there, someone had uh, actually fallen into the front door and broken the hinge. And where did I find Tom? But in the back. Fixing the hinge, you welded it up, and I helped him put the door back on. Yep. That's the kind of customers he has. They like him so well, they'll help him. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. 
ask Tom about 1970 through 1978 and ask him what zip code he was in, and that's the time he was in jail. And, uh, and, and he served time for fraud in the automotive repair industry. But he has uh, been, um, what is it called? Recon, recon- Reconciliation. Yeah, yeah, he's Reconcile. gone through reconcile. And, of course, I'm teasing you when I say that. But Tom and I have been friends for more than 30 years. And I respect him like you do. He is one of those guys that you can throw the gauntlet in front of him and he'll perform for you. And what he has that I don't have is he can make anything. He can make anything. He has a machine shop and he has the skills. He'll put he'll put a 727 jet motor in the back of your Corvair if that's what you want. <laughs> if that's what you want. So, yeah, well, the, the best part is... Sta- he went from my stagecoach to my rat rod and he... Uh, he, they just did a perfect job. I can't, uh, I can't say enough about them. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, thank you very much for that. Yeah, Blackwell is a uh, is a piece work. He'll call me up and go, hey, what are you doing? And I, I said, and then I'll usually step into the bathroom my, my, by my office and shut the door, and I'll say, guess where I'm at? <laughs> because you can hear when yeah. somebody's in. Yeah. And so he's a good guy. All righty, Carrie, <laughs> I think you might be our last one. What can I do for you? Yes, good morning. Good morning. I've got a 2014 Toyota Camry XLE. That's the one with the push-button start. Okay. I just bought the car from a small-town dealer, and after the deal, I found out I only had one key fob and didn't have both of them, and he didn't know what happened to it and all this. But got any suggestions on how I should go about getting another uh, key fob and get it in it programmed? I can't, can't we order one? We do. Yeah. We pre, some of them we have to reprogram them yeah. all together. You have to bring in both your key fobs, and yep. we get them through the dealer. They're pricey, yeah. But uh, then, 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 then they have to be reprogrammed, and we also do that too. So it's it's a situation where you can't. Ace Hardware has got some fobs now that are kind of amazing. I've not seen fobs like this in the aftermarket, hmm. and that would be an option to a dealer who's very proud of those key fobs. But the answer to your question is, is yes, that's not a big deal, but this can be 100 to $200 worth of work. It depends on the price of the key fob, and it depends on the programming. If the programming is simple enough where we plug a piece of equipment in, and it says, put the old key in, yes, I see it. Take it out, put the new key in, yes, I see it. Oh, you're only allowed three keys, and you have already three keys in there. Okay, well, let's delete all but this key, and you have to go through that. And then you wave a dead chicken around your head. You have to honk the horn three times. You have to get out of the car, run around the car four times, slap all the doors. It's that silly, isn't it? It's that silly. And, I'm, of course, I'm exaggerating. Forget the dead chicken part. <laughs> but um, a- am I close in your 100 to $200 range? Right. Okay. And then you get two key fobs, and you get two keys, and you, you have everything that you so, need to have. So you get two new key fobs then? And no. No. no, just one. Yeah. Okay. We're going to copy yours. Yours is the master. So we need yours to, make the, to get the door open in the computer's head so we can do our work. So we have to have one that works in order to, otherwise, anybody could steal your car, take it to, you know, a shop and have another key made and say, well, I lost it. Well, if you lost it, you're in big trouble. So, yes, but we can do that. What part of town do you live? Uh, Up in Scottsdale. Okay. Um, I'd probably call Blackwell at 40th Street or Greenway and talk to him. Um, You guys do it, 38th Avenue and Indian School, and we're way south in Tempe, so um, we wouldn't be a good option for you. So So I'm looking at, like, 
250 or? No, 100 to 200. That includes the FOB and all the programming. And so okay. at the end of the day, you end up with two FOBs, the one you have now and a new one. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Mark. You, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, Bob and Alan, thanks very much for spending your Saturday with thanks me. For Thank you for us. having us. Ellen, I always talk about you and my daughter and my wife because you guys are in an industry that doesn't welcome you with open arms. And it's really hard for the guys to understand that you are a very viable person to talk to. <laughs> and if they make you mad, they're not likely to get past. <laughs> to, oh, you're, you're not going to call no. a technician off the floor to have them come and walk them through a problem that they want to fix themselves. That's exactly not what we're right. all about. Exactly so right. We can be nice and we can quote prices, but that's it. Thank you very much for Thank spending you for your Saturday us. with us. Nope, no problem. Bob and Ellen, Harker, or Bob and Ellen from Harker's Auto, 80, or 38th Avenue and Indian School. You can't go wrong if you live in that area, and I'll see you next Saturday right here on KKNT. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.